0: Good Tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, and I'm accompanied today by my wife, Dorinda, here in the studios. We're glad you're tuned in today. Thankful that you're listening in. And if you're listening in by radio, you're listening on 103.9 FM. If you're listening by the internet, that's WXANradio.com. And when the page pulls up, Click on Listen Live. We're thankful for your feedback. We've heard a lot of good things and thankful for your prayers. We're praying for you and want you to grab your Bible, get it handy today because we're going to share a message with you in just a moment on how to know the will of God, on how to know the will of God. But before we do, I want to follow up again as I did about three weeks ago with an advertisement for... A dear friend of mine, there's a business in Golconda, Illinois. Many of you will be traveling to southeastern Illinois for the foliage and the the different variety of outdoor-related things for tourism this fall. I want you to go to a place called Tanny's Chill and Grill. Tanny's Chill and Grill, it's at 319 East Main Street in Golconda, directly across from the Pope County Courthouse. Tanny's and Grill, 319 East Main Street, Golconda, Illinois. Their number is 618-683-2655. And you can find them on Facebook as well. Now, their hours are Monday. They're open from 1030 in the morning until 7. And Monday, they have uh, Mexican Monday. All you can eat, chips and salsa. And I want to tell you, Dorenda and I go down there and eat on a regular basis, folks. The portions are very, very generous. The price is very fair. And you're missing a treat if you don't go to Tanny's and check it out. Now, Mondays are open from 1030 in the morning till 7 p.m. It's Mexican Mondays. All you can eat, homemade chips and salsa. Then they're closed on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, they're open from 1030 to 7. Thursdays, 1030 to 7. Fridays eight in the morning till eight at night and you have to have fish. If you like that catfish like I do, you gotta go down there. Big, massive, massive fillets. You're gonna love it. Or you can eat. Saturdays, they've got a breakfast buffet starts at eight o'clock in the morning, and they go till eight o'clock at night. Now on Wednesdays you can get breakfast all day long as well, and on Sundays they're open from nine to three. So, I uh, want you to go down and visit Tanny's Chill and Grill. Tell them that you heard it on WXAN Radio and the Good Tidings Radio broadcast, and Pastor David had sent you down that way. Okay, let them know, but go down. You do yourself a service and a treat. And help this small business down there in Golconda, Illinois, uh, continue to go forward, okay? God bless you. Thank you for that. I never, rarely rarely do I ever do something like this on purpose, but I just feel led to. Uh, Tanny has become a good friend of ours, and I want to help her out. So, Tanny's and Grill. Make sure you go Golconda, Illinois, directly across from the Pope County Courthouse. Let's open our Bibles today to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. The title of today's message is How to Know the Will of God. How to Know the Will of God. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, I've been a pastor for a number of years and been helping a lot of churches strengthening-wise and working as an interim the last few years, and Dorinda and I have traveled across uh, southeast Missouri and southern Illinois and and uh, noticed there's one thing consistently about Christian people, and that is many of them are wanting to know how can I know what the will of God is for my life. They may be considering a pastoral candidate to fill a vacancy. They may be contemplating praying about deacons. Uh, they may be considering whatever it may be. We can know God's will, folks, and the Bible is very clear on principles that can help guide us, and God wants you to know his will for your life. That's not something he wants to hide from anybody. He wants you to know what his will is for your life, and every one of us can know that. And I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen. I want you to jot down these biblical principles and scriptures that will help us understand how we can know for sure what God's will is for us. So we've got to remember we have a heavenly father, and he's not hiding anything from us. He wants you to know God's will for your life. So I want to make some suggestions here from the scripture on how we can ascertain the will of God for our life. Number one, write this down. Realize that God has a very definite purpose and will for your life. You see, the first thing in trying to ascertain God's will is to realize he has a very definite plan and purpose for every believer. The Christian life is not like a piece of cotton blowing in the wind, being carried from one place to another with no definite purpose, but there's a course and a goal for every believer. Now we realize this, the Christian life becomes most exciting and takes on a new meaning when we realize God has a will for my life. No one ever gets down to serious business about seeking God's will until they are thoroughly convinced that such a will exists. There can be no enthusiasm about seeking something unless you know that it's there. Now, when you realize God has a personal interest in each one of us, you're made the way you are because he doesn't make junk. He's he's got everything well thought out and planned in advance, and God shows us. Things that are absolutely astonishing because of the personal interest he has in us. Listen to Matthew 10 and verse 30. When you think about the personal interest, that the very hairs of your head are all numbered. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7, he knows our sorrows. In Psalm chapter 56 and verse 8, he records our tears. In Psalm chapter 139 and verse 2, thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. And Psalm 139 in verse 2 through verse 6 says that all our thoughts and ways are known unto him. Now, if God shows this much personal interest in each of us, we must believe that there's a very definite plan and a purpose for our lives so that we can, as the scripture says in Romans 12:1, prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So number one, we must realize God has a very definite purpose and will for our life. Number two, how can we know the will of God for our life? Secondly, we must have a right attitude toward God's will. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine. John chapter 7 and verse 17. No one ever discovers God's will out of curiosity. Rather, we must commit ourselves unreservedly to do God's will even before we know what it is. Think about this. God wants you to do something, but we've got to come to the point as a believer that we trust him as our heavenly father, our loving heavenly father, and he's not going to do anything mean and vicious to us, that we should just throw ourselves at him and commit ourselves to him and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Just show me what it is. We got to have the right attitude toward God's will, and we have to basically just sign our name at the bottom of a blank sheet of paper and say, dear Lord. You fill it out. I'll do anything you want me to do. Here, here's my signature at the bottom. You fill out the rest of it for my life. It's very important that we have the right attitude toward that. And the scripture says, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. In other words, once you decide with a good attitude, you're going to do what God wants you to do. Here, Lord, take off and show me. Here it is. I trust you with it. Then he's going to show you what the teaching is. He's going to show you what his will is so how else can we determine god's will for our life well thirdly there must be an absolute surrender to god romans 12 verses 1 and 2 again i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because all the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit, that if you want to prove to yourself what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God, then present yourself A living sacrifice. Say, Lord, here I am. Here's my body. I present myself as a living sacrifice. And you know what? Give yourself over to Christ. Yield yourself to him. Place yourself as an instrument in God's hands. Now, that's a little bit challenging, we can all say, if we're honest. But that's what God wants us to do. We've trusted him with our salvation, which is eternal. Why can't we trust him with the life he's given us here in this life to live? Paul said in Galatians 2:20 I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I that liveth but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live I live by the faith of Jesus who, who's who's going to guide me so he said the life I'm living now I live by the faith of God that God is going to guide me God wants us to completely surrender our body to him and say Lord what do you want me to do you see, Being available to God means being accessible, having every area of our lives open, willing to allow God to run every aspect of our life. Doreen and I stay in hotel rooms as we travel to visit our folks and across the Midwest. And I've noticed on the outside of every one of uh, hotel room doors, you have a placard on the inside that if you want, uh, you don't want the maid or the uh, custodians to bother you cleaning your room service you just put this placard out and then that says hey i don't want anybody to come in here this is my space i want to keep it the way i want to keep it i'm afraid that's kind of what we do in in our lives as well with god we say okay lord you've got every area you've saved me you've got every area of my life but i want to kind of keep this compartment of my life to me i want to keep you out of this life and what god is telling us here folks is to be available to God, we have to be accessible. We have to let him run every aspect of our life. That means to make him the Lord of our life. And it's important to realize, folks, we must be willing that God could come into every room of our lives and instruct us. The business person must, Christian business person must be willing for God to run their business, or at least lay down the principles from the scripture for it to run. And being available not only means being accessible to God, but it also means being acceptable. Romans 12:1 says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. You see, we cannot tolerate any known sin in our life. In Psalm 66 and verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. This means if I tolerate known sin in my life, I cannot ask for God's guidance. We must deal thoroughly with the sin, 1 John 1, 9, and get to confess it, and he's faithful and just to forgive us from our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must let God come completely clean with the Lord, folks. Now, I got an idea that sometimes when believers confess sin, they think that they're telling on themselves. and the truth is this. No, God already knows it. That's right. He's omniscient. So we're not telling him he doesn't already know. But we're confessing to him that we've sinned and broken his law, and we've sinned against him. And when we confess it, and we're honest about it, and sorry for it, he forgives us, 1 John 1, 9, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You see, Proverbs 28 and verse 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Confess every known sin. And presents your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So being available not only means being accessible and acceptable, but it also means being adaptable. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If God has something he wants us to do, we must be willing to adapt to that. Folks, God's going to ask us to do things that are going to take us out of our comfort zone sometimes. Right. And we must trust Him totally and, and fully. And that's not always easy to do. And if anyone tells you it is, they're pulling your leg. It's not. Amen. But we've got to realize He's a loving Heavenly Father. He has nothing but our best interest at heart. And He wants us to do what He wants us to do. And His the Scripture says here in Romans 12, 1 and 2, so that we can present our body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Now notice this, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Right. One condition to an enlightened head is a surrendered heart. So how are we going to determine the will of God? Well, thirdly, there must be an absolute surrender to God. Number four, number four, when in doubt, play it safe. When we're trying to ascertain the will of God, when in doubt, number four, play it safe. The Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans fourteen twenty three, And in Romans chapter 14 and verse 5, the Bible says, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So if it seems that God is leading along a certain route, and yet there's some doubt, it's always safe to give God the benefit of the doubt. You always want God to be doing what he wants to do. If you have a little bit of doubt, just play it safe and say, okay, Lord, hey, I'm willing to do what you want me to do, and he knows that, but I need to get this reservation out of my heart. Is it lack of faith, or is it doubt that you're trying to keep me uh, from something I shouldn't be doing? So it's always good to have full assurance about a matter before moving forward with it. So we've got to remember, we're the slaves, and God is the master. It's not the slave's business to guess at what the, to guess at what the master wants. The slave is to obey, and it's the master's part to give clear orders. So finding, God, finding God's will should not be like looking for a needle in a haystack. If God wants us to do a thing, he is able to make it plain to us. Sometimes when we have doubts about a matter— and the Bible doesn't make it clear about any teachings on that particular matter, then we can pray, Dear Lord, I want to do your will. But if I'm not certain what it is, then you're going to have to make it clear for me, and I'll gladly do it. And you know what? God will always come through. When in doubt, play it safe. Let's also think about this when we're trying to ascertain the will of God for our life. Number five, do you have peace about the matter. Do you have peace about the matter? Scripture says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. In other words, do you have peace about what you're thinking about doing? You're praying about it, but do you have peace about it? Many testimonies have been given about people who got their emotions involved, and maybe even a a car purchase or something to that effect. And they got ahead of God. Let the emotions uh, get the best of them. And that's easy to do when you're thinking about buying an automobile or maybe a home or something that's very important to us. And if we're not careful, we can get ourselves in over our heads only to find out that emotions ruled us and helped us make our decision instead of letting the Holy Spirit who abides in us help us make that decision. So if you think God is leading you in a certain direction, then he'll give you peace about it. And you will be wise not to make any decision until you have peace about it. So let the peace of God rule in your heart. All right, let's consider another biblical principle as we're trying to figure out what God's will for our life is. And that is this number 6. Walk in the light you already have. Never is there time is there a time in a Christian's life when we can see all that God has planned because the Christian life is a life of faith. However, God gives to every one of us sufficient light to take the next step. In Psalm 119 and verse 105, the Bible says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Have you ever seen a miner's hat? We live in southern Illinois, coal country. Have you ever seen a miner's hat with a lamp in the front? Suppose a miner's down in the mine and the light shines twenty five feet out in front of him, and suppose he says to himself, I'm not going to take another step till I can see the end of the tunnel. Well then he never get to take another step because unless he walks in the light that he already has, he will never receive more light. But as he walks in the light, he will find a light moving out in front of him and guiding his steps. And the more he walks, the more light he's going to have. So folks, for, for a Christian, for the believer, so if we keep taking the next step, and then the next step, God is going to give us more light with each step to show us that we're headed in the right direction. So sometimes Christian people will want to know, particularly young ones, should I be a preacher? Does God want me to be a missionary, an evangelist, a Christian school teacher? What does God want for my life? And we'd like to have the answer completely. And about some of the best counsel that I've ever been able to give to people in those conditions when they've approached me is to say, just make yourself available to God in absolute surrender, and he will let you know in his time what he wants you to do. So walk in the light that you have, folks, and God will give you more light. When Peter was in prison, it was not until he walked right up to the iron gate that it became an open door. Acts chapter 12 and verse 10. So don't expect God to show you his will for, for next week until you know what his will is for you to do today and then be involved in doing that. There are occasions when God lets us take a long look at his will And I'm thankful for that, and especially my wife, Dorinda. She likes to plan things. She's very good at planning. And she likes to see down the road so she can kind of put things in place to have it planned out and organized, which is a good way to be, but sometimes it can work against you as well. Uh, But there are occasions when God lets us take that long look, and maybe some can see farther down the road than others, but every believer has enough light to take the next step. Here's the seventh principle when ascertaining God's will for your life. Let your desires help determine God's will. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. If our lives are surrendered to Christ, he'll give us the right desires. Psalm 37 in verse 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So you have to make some important decisions and important matters, and you don't know what to do. Just simply do this. Let the desires that are in your heart guide you. You see, we don't have to wrestle with God to know his will as the angel did, the pre-incarnate Christ did with Jacob. We don't have to do that. Philippians 2.13 says over and over, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God not only gives you the desire, but the power to make that desire a realization. There is a sense of fulfillment and happiness in doing what God wants us to do. Quickly, number eight, as we're considering how do we ascertain the will of god for our life well there's another principle and that is this the holy spirit is able to guide us the holy spirit is able to guide us romans chapter 8 and verse 14 for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god now many things are made plain to us from scripture so we need not ask god and ask what his will is about them God's will and God's word are always one. Remember that, saints. God's will and God's word, the Bible, are always one. They never contradict one another. Amen. We know it's God's will to win souls, so we need not pray about nor wait for any special leading of the Holy Spirit. Mark sixteen fifteen tells us, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in John 15 and 16, he says, "Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordain you that ye should go and bring forth fruit for a Christian to refuse to win souls to Christ because he or she has no special leading of the Holy Spirit is to cover up for plain disobedience to a clear command of the scripture to take a matter of salvation. Take the matter of salvation of sinners, folks. The Bible makes it plain. Second Peter three, nine. For he, that's God, is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That blows Calvinism out of the water. Christ Amen. died for the sins of the whole world. Amen. And God's not willing that any should perish. He doesn't select some to be saved and some to be lost. He gave man a free will to make his own decisions. And the church has been commissioned to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a lost world. That Christ died on the cross vicariously and shed his blood. He took upon his own body our sins and his own body on the tree. He became our substitute. He shed his blood in our place. He was crucified in our place. He was buried after he died, and he was resurrected the third day. And now, human beings, all sinners, can be saved. Every human being is born with a sinful nature, and except they're born again, when they die, they'll go to hell and burn forever, paying for their own sin debt. Every sinner owes God a sin debt, and that debt could only be paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. So Christ died on the cross, bearing our, own, our sins in his own body on the tree. He was buried and resurrected the third day for our justification, so we could stand before God as though we never sinned. Now, if you as a sinner put your faith in Christ as your personal Savior, God, by grace, through faith in Jesus, will forgive you. And if you've not trusted Christ the Savior, I want you to bow your head right now and follow me in this simple prayer of faith from the sincerity of your heart. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven when I die. Now, folks, if you've done that, We have some free literature we'd like to send your way. If you'll email me, my email address is drdave13 at gmail.com. drdave13 at gmail.com. And shoot me a letter, and I'll be glad to get that to you in the mail. Steps in the new direction for a brand new Christian. But folks, when the Bible makes it clear about something, you don't have to guess what God's will is. He never holds that back because God's will and his word are always the same. So when there are things that aren't spelled out clearly in the Bible, then we have to ask God for his will on that particular matter, and he'll always show it to us. So use the word of God and the Holy Spirit as the guideline to ascertaining God's will for your life. So pray about everything. The Spirit of God will never lead you contrary to what the Word of God teaches. So, folks, God's will necessarily doesn't always mean change either. You may already be doing what God wants you to do. Well, continue to do it. If that's what He wants you to do, then continue to do it. You see, success is knowing God's will and doing it in your life. So if you know what God's will is is in your life, keep doing it. Keep doing it and stay true to it as the Lord is working in our lives and hearts. Folks, this has been the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast, and I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. We're thankful that you listen in, and we pray that you'll keep looking up because Jesus is coming soon, and we're reminded with the conflict that's going on in the Middle East now to pray, and in Psalm 122 and verse 6, it says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask you to give, bring peace to the nation of Israel. We ask you to give them courage and strength to protect themselves from the Hamas terroristic activities that have been launched against them. We pray for the leadership of the United States of America to stand beside Israel in all that she does and to partner with Israel in protecting that particular part of the country, of the world. And may Jesus Christ, who's coming back one day to rule and reign from the city of Jerusalem, and he's coming back, Lord, that you'll have your will and your way in our hearts. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the glory of Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray, amen. Folks, God bless you. Good tidings to everyone. You have a wonderful day, and we'll look forward to hearing from you soon, okay? God bless you.